Hi, and welcome to another podcast in the series of 168 Things. I've got something to talk to you about today, and it is football. What, you might ask, has that got to do with the subject of marketing and everything else? Well, I've found over the years that people in business, in advertising, marketing, but in business in general, are very fond of a sporting analogy. And you can understand why. We work in teams, and some people are more in the attacking part of the team, if you like, in a competitive business like ours, and some more in the defensive position. And it's very important that everyone works together as a team. So sure, teams, therefore sports. Therefore, we can talk about the sport that everyone in the world outside America knows best, football. Great. Okay, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about something else about football. Because it occurred to me that there's something more important to be learnt from football than the tactics, the strategy, if you like, the winning and losing of games. And this came to me on my return to the fantastic, magnificent stadium of Crystal Palace in south-east London. And anyone who's been there will know that uh, it's a very traditional ground. Somebody once described it as having the smell of fried onions baked into it, which is pretty close to the truth, I reckon. And the part of the ground where I now sit, the Arthur Waite stand, more resembles an open cow shed than one of the fantastic stadium uh, stands of places like Arsenal and so forth. It is, as far as I can tell, made of corrugated iron, girders, a certain amount, well, quite a lot of scaffolding poles and bricks. And it reverberates quite a lot with the noise that's made underneath that corrugated iron roof. So Crystal Palace is a club that I've been going to watch since I was 12. I first went to see them in 1969, at the end of the season in which they won promotion to what was then the first division for the very first time in their history. And for whatever reason, possibly because it was tremendously exciting that they were uh, promoted, I started to go regularly and have been going on and off throughout my life ever since. So I caught the bug. Well, what was the bug that I caught? Because Crystal Palace, by any measure, are not a highly successful team. They don't have a string of championships to their to their name. They don't have a cupboard full of silverware. They once won something called the Zenith Data Systems Cup, which is a magnificent achievement. We've been to a couple of FA Cup finals and lost. Um, we've been, more importantly, up and down the divisions. During my time watching them, I've watched them in the, what was the first, second and third divisions. And I can tell you that the real test of being a fan is a rainy Wednesday night in February watching them scratch out a one-all draw on an evening fixture against a club like Hereford United, who I'm sure are also highly beloved by their supporters. I've been there and done that. We didn't win the game. We didn't win a lot of games. We lose a lot of games. That's not the point. 
So why is this relevant to the business that we're in? Well, I went back there uh, for the first home game and we were playing Brentford, who I think are possibly making their first appearance in the highest of, of the, well, in the Premier League. And the game itself, we'll come back to that in a second, the crowd was allowed in for the first time since lockdown back in March 2020. And everyone was very excited, as you might imagine. And we were looking around to see who was there and who wasn't. And there was an empty seat next to me. And a woman in the row in front of me turned around and we said hello to each other. And, and then she said, I haven't seen Denise, who is the woman who should be sitting on my right. I said, no, me neither. And we'll just see if she turns up, I guess. And she didn't. So we don't know whether she is one of the people who won't be coming back because of COVID. It's very different these days going to watch football from what it was like when I started. For one thing, there are seats all around the ground. There are roofs over the two ends. When I started going, the end that I used to go to when I stood was just a mound of concrete and earth. And the police sat in a porter cabin at the top and didn't like being asked to come out. And what went on during the games was mainly amusing. Occasionally, there was violence, as everyone will know, used to be the case. Um, not as much of it as everyone has maintained, and certainly not as much of it as, as at some other places. That's all gone. We've all got seats. There are enormous numbers of young and old people, women, people from all kinds of backgrounds. It's, it's much better. The crowd is much better than it was. And at a club like Palace, Palace is very famous, in fact, for the volume of its support. It's a noisy, excitable ground to be in. And that was the joy of being back there. And in the old days, again, when I was younger, if you bumped into opposition supporters on the way home or on the way to the ground, that was always a bit of a scary moment and could turn nasty. These days, if I bump into an opposition supporter on the train home, as frequently happens, we're more likely to chat because there are lots of clubs like Crystal Palace. I remember having a long conversation with supporters from Burnley on the way home. Similar kind of club. Hasn't won very much for many years. Probably has won more over the years than Palace, but roughly the same kind of place. West Ham supporters. They have been through a lot of trials and we shared and commiserated that, I remember, on the train coming home and then talked about... Uh, on that occasion, David Bowie, who we uh, were all mourning at the time. So there's a commonality between the supporters of different clubs that is now probably better recognised than it was back then. The point of all of this was we stood up and sang the song we always sing when the team comes on the pitch, which is at Palace, uh, the Dave Clark Five hit song from the 60s, glad all over. There's a way it gets sung at Palace with clapping and what have you. And everyone joins in, everyone stands up. It's, you know, very exciting. And all clubs have their songs, I think, in the same way. And we were given flags to wave as well because it's the first time back since the, the first lockdown, as I've said, and so that all happened. And the crowd was in the most festive of spirits. The game itself was a bit of a shambles. Um, Palace have rebuilt their team 
over the summer, and it wasn't gelling at that point. Brentford were new, as I've said, to the Premier League. Their team wasn't really gelling. It ended up a bit of a scrappy nil-all draw, but nobody cared because it wasn't about winning and losing, and it never is about winning and losing. If you support one of the big clubs, you know who I'm talking about, you might be interested in the glory moments because you get a lot of them. And when I was a kid supporting Palace, most of my friends supported Palace too because we all grew up in Croydon. But there were always a few people knocking about who, for reasons that we couldn't understand, supported places like Manchester United. Clubs they'd never, ever seen other than on telly, and not very often because of the way things were run then. They'd never been to Manchester. They weren't Mancunians. But for, well, I say for some reason, because they supported Manchester United because they were glamorous and they would win things. And similarly, people from Croydon occasionally even supported Liverpool, which is even more bizarre, really. But to me, growing up, and to my friends growing up, the point was you supported the team that was nearest to where you lived, the team from your area. And a lot of the players in those days could be seen knocking about in Croydon during the week in the record shops and places like that. Not so much now, of course, because the players are paid fantastic amounts of money and they're also very much less likely to be local lads, although Palace has always had one or two players in the side who've come up through the academy and are, in fact, local boys who grew up, in some cases, within spitting distance of the ground. But that's also not the point. The point is the crowd. The point are the people. The point is the supporters. The point is the community. The togetherness. So, what has this got to do with marketing, advertising and all the rest of it? It's got this to do with it. We use the sporting analogies to talk about competition and winning. And actually what we should possibly talk about, really, is that spirit of community, that togetherness. Because that's the thing that we've been missing. That was the thing that we'd been missing about going to the football, and that's the thing we'll be missing about going to work together. Now, I'm not lining up with the government and saying everyone's got to go back to the office full time. I think the working from home business has been a liberation for many people, but not for everyone. Very difficult for some of the younger people whose living accommodation isn't as uh, comfortable as it as that of the older people. And also, honestly, there's a social side to work. There's a collective side. There's a community about work. And especially in a creative business. Creativity is not something that you do on your own. Creatives who work exclusively on their own have no one to bounce ideas off, as we, as we frequently refer to when we talk about the creative process. Nobody to spar with, nobody to join together with. And that part of it is really, really important. You don't get your best work on your own. Now, I've spoken in the past about things like brainstorms and what's wrong with them. But I am very much in favour of getting together with a few other people and having conversations about ideas. And that really can't happen, I don't think, over Zoom or any of the other technologies. You can do a lot with that. And you can work a lot remotely in a room, in your house or wherever. But from time to time, you need that spirit of community. You need that coming together as a group. That's what going to watch Crystal Palace play reminded me of. Because 
It was lovely to see the players for real rather than on TV, sprinting around on the pitch, doing their best, no doubt. But it was more moving to me to be surrounded by the very proud supporters of a not very successful football club who love it beyond all possible reason and will sing about how much they love it in the most absurd fashion and will go on loving it despite the fact that it doesn't do very well and is always doing stupid things to try our patience. I can't tell you how many times Palace have imploded in front of my eyes. But it doesn't matter. What matters is being together. And it's the same thing in a creative business. Sometimes you have to be together. Sometimes you need each other. That's the truth about being human, and that's the truth about being creative, and that's the truth about football. That's the end of my sermon. I'll talk to you again soon.